Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're tuned into Utah's best midday sports show, The Bill Riley Show, presented by Les Schwab Tires, right here on your home of the Utes, ESPN 700. Halfway home on a Friday. Good to be with you today. Coming to you live from Seattle. Overcast and a little rainy today. No shock here in Seattle as we're about halfway home. Uh, Eric Weddle's going to join us in about a half hour or so. My partner on basketball, Sean Mooney, will join us coming up in about an hour or so. We'll preview tomorrow's Utah-Washington game. But another Sean joining us right now, Sean O'Connell joining us. He of Pac-12 Radio, RIP, and, of course, former Utes, UFC fighter and more, man about town. Joining us here for a few minutes, just talk a little football. How are you? Doing all right. How are you? I'm doing okay. Saw you and Jeff doing a little video thing this morning. You just couldn't get enough of each other. You missed each other so much. You're, you're doing a little video stuff now, huh? Uh, yeah, we're just, uh, you know, we're jumping on Mondays and Fridays to talk about the NFL playoffs mostly and just uh, <laughs> chop it up because you go from having three hours of conversation with someone every day to not really having a reason to talk to them. It's wild. So. We're going to pretend well, that nice. people care. <laughs> well, you, they do, and I care. I was watching it this morning on social media while I was getting ready for the show. So it's good to see you two boys doing that together. He's got a little rooting interest this weekend. you got a little rooting interest this weekend, too. And maybe maybe a Chiefs-Niners final uh, Super Bowl again, right? Yeah, it could be. Um, I actually I would prefer that matchup, I think. I don't, I don't know if the Niners can get past Detroit if I want to see them against this Baltimore team. So... Uh, but one thing at a time. Uh, Jared Goff and the Lions catching seven and a half. I don't know if they win straight up. But boy, that seven and a half looks awfully appealing to me, Sean. Yeah, I look, I, you know, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool Niners fan. That number does not make a ton of sense to me, especially after what we saw from the Niners in Green Bay uh, in the game last week. You know, I, I just – the Lions are, I think, a significantly better team. I, I realize that people are saying, you know, defensively the Lions have maybe more holes that they need to fill. But if you're dealing with a very limited Debo or no Debo at all, that that's a serious issue points-wise for a San Francisco offense. So I think the Niners are going to win this game. I expect it to be a lot closer than seven and a half. Is the Niners front four as good as the names say it is? Because they've got a lot of really cool names up there. But I don't feel like that front four has been great. The linebackers I love. Greenlaw and, and Fred Warner are fantastic. But I'm not quite sure that that front four, even with all the names they've got up there, is as good as maybe it could or should be. 
Well, I think that that's the problem, right? Is that you've got this name value and with that name value comes some big time dollars, especially in both yeah. case. And you're, you're not necessarily getting the production. Now other teams do have to account for, uh, you know, your, especially Bosa, you, you have to account for your pass rushers. You do have to account for some of that. And, and they don't have to blitz as often as other teams do to create pressures or simulated pressures. But you're going up against the Lions offensive line that is formidable, man. I mean, they've got really high-quality guys at every single position. You've got two tackles that will probably be able to be isolated out there on your pass rushers and still and not – putting our golf in bad situations. So I, I don't think that the name value and the production value are matching up right now. Is this, what do we make of Jared Goff? So I play at Cal. You saw him, you lived over in the, in the Bay area for a minute. They came back home and he, he was a really, really good collegiate quarterback. Didn't get a great start with the, with the Rams got a little bit better than traded away. And people have said, this is the revenge tour for him. I, I think he's really good. Um, I think he's found a good home in Detroit. But you tell me, what what are we to make of Jared Goff? I love Jared Goff. I think he's criminally underrated. Um, I think that, you know, he's he's been that quarterback that in a lot of situations in his career at Cal, even when he got to the NFL, I think that you saw him not necessarily put in the best situation. He wasn't surrounded with the kind of talent he needed to be every time. And now he is. And all he does is, you know, he doesn't screw things up. People throw that game manager title on him, but he's better than that. And game manager is not a bad thing to be when you're on a really good team, by the way. So uh, I'm a big golf fan. I think, you know, he's he's got a similar career trajectory in my mind to Alex Smith, who was sacked a lot early, maligned a little bit because, you know, he was a high draft pick that was supposed to be this, this I don't know, like second coming of something. And didn't work out that way until the latter half of his career. I put Jared Goff in that same category, and obviously a lot of admiration for both of those guys. You know, I said this to somebody the other day, and they, they kind of poo-pooed it a little bit, but I, I don't know, maybe there's something there. Is there some sort of maybe a little bit of an indictment on Sean McVay that he couldn't get out of Jared Goff what Ben Johnson is now or couldn't surround Goff with the right guys? Because McVay is supposed to be this quarterback whisperer who's great with the offenses and things like that, almost akin to a, a Shanahan in, in San Francisco, yet it took a guy like Ben Johnson to maximize him. Is there is there any indictment on McVay not, not getting enough out of Jared Goff and somebody else is? Well, I think, it, I think it's probably safe to say that, you know, some of the luster has come off of the whole McVay thing, right? Two years ago, everyone in the, in the game, or maybe it was three years ago, was trying to find the next McVay, the next young offensive guru who is just going to like blow things up with your production. But I mean, what has actually come of that for any of the teams that were able to, to kind of like either copy that mold or for the McVay mold itself. I mean, they got their super bowl, but sustainability and continuing to, to put yourself in competitive situations, you know, dynasty like situations. It's just, it hasn't been the case. That Ram super bowl was, all factors coming together. You had a bunch of super veteran guys. You had a good salary cap situation. And look, Super Bowl is a Super Bowl. I'm not trying to take that away from anyone. But all the conditions were pretty ideal for that to come together, especially when you took a look at the roster and who was being paid. And obviously you had like a, 
borderline Hall of Famer who came out of retirement to help you out in a defensive run. Like th- those things are not normal in the NFL today. And so um, I, I think there is, whether it's you're straight up comparing the golf production or not, I think that you just look at the overall picture with McVay and you say like, yeah, this was kind of the young, sexy thing to do at the time. But is that really what I want for my franchise for a 10-year span? And I don't know if the answer is a definitive yes, given what's happened with L.A. Could we get a better quarterback matchup than we have in the AFC between Mahomes and Jackson at this point in time? Well, how about the the two weeks in a row, right? Yeah. You get Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and then you get Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, come on. The only thing that could make it better is if Kansas City had to get past, like, I guess, Cincinnati in order to play Buffalo. But, yeah, it's incredible. They're two very different quarterbacks, obviously. But you're talking about guys that have a pair of MVPs apiece at the end of this year, squaring off for a trip to the Super Bowl. In a lot of people's minds, this is the Super Bowl. Whoever wins this beats the uh, the NFC champion because of the, the same thing, because the quarterbacks on the other side are not nearly as impressive. So it's a big game. It is. I'm looking forward to it as a fan in this game, although I know Baltimore is really, really good. I had K.J. Wright on a minute ago just before you. He picked Kansas City to win it. A lot of people seem to be leaning and hear a lot of narratives that, you know, where's the weakness with Baltimore, Kansas City, this, Kansas City, that. But I was interested to hear K.J. say, you know, Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, and as much as they've talked about Baltimore's defense and its elite, I still think people are slow to buy the fact that Kansas City's defense is really good. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the one thing here is Baltimore matches up better with Travis Kelsey than pretty much everybody else in the league. And Kelsey might not be – it's like that Toby Keith song. Might not be as good as he once was, but he's as good once as he ever was, you know. Like, that guy can give you – and we saw it against Buffalo. That guy can give you a game where he's going to go for his 100-plus and he's going to go for his two touchdowns and he's going to be a big game-changer. Baltimore matches up with him better than anybody else. Kyle Hamilton can take him out of the game in a way that other safeties can't. Your linebackers are more versatile and better than pretty much everyone except maybe San Francisco in Baltimore. So that's one reason I think that you have to take a serious look at what Baltimore and Kansas City match up like. But, yeah, I mean, Kansas City is always going to have that – you're run by an offensive guru and you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, so we're going to ignore you, what your defense is doing. That's just it's just going to be the case while Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are there. Well, I'm looking for – I always look forward to the matchups within the game. I'm looking forward to the Andy Reid, Matt Nagy against uh, Mike McDonald, and then I'm also looking forward to the Steve Spagnuolo against Todd Munkin. But what makes this game great is when everything breaks down and defenses do as much as they possibly can – Mahomes and Lamar Jackson can just do what Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes do and just kind of go rogue, and that's the fun part of this because as good as your defenses might be, those two guys are just kind of cheat codes. They are, and especially Lamar right now because, like, with Patrick Mahomes, you you know that, you know, he's going to extend plays and he's going to move around and he's going to do that, but but his arm is the thing that's going to kill you. And with Lamar, you try to take that away from him, and you could do it successfully. And then he just has a 100-yard rushing day and, and two touchdowns. And so even in the box score at the end of the day, you're just like, oh, Lamar, Lamar wasn't great statistically. 
And you're like, dude, he had four touchdowns in this game. He accounted for five touchdowns in this game. I don't care if he only threw for 212 yards. He was impossible to handle and impossible to stop. And that's the difficulty, right? You're, you're, you're dealing with major X factors on both sides. And so uh, it comes down to who's on the field and going to make a play. The coaches can scheme as much as they want to. Uh, the, the offensive line, the defensive line can execute as much as they want to. But behind center, taking those snaps, holding that ball every play, is a guy who can create wizardry and big-time problems for you, even if you do everything right. What did our boy Schwartzy say about the Chiefs maybe not having Joe Tooney and having to play Mike Allegretti instead? Yeah, he doesn't like that, obviously, for very obvious reason. Um, I think that, you know, that can be a major storyline in this game. But the overall, I mean, it's just top to bottom, and it doesn't happen all that often in the NFL, but top to bottom right now, it looks like Baltimore has uh, a more talented roster and a healthier roster. And if all these things, other things are equal, and we were talking about them, all of the things being equal because of the, you know, MVP quarterback versus MVP quarterback, you start going down the line and it's like, all right, my defensive front versus your offensive front. Oh, look at that. You're without an all pro guy. You're without that level of production and that level of experience that becomes a spot for Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen to exploit. And that's a problem for Kansas City. Before I let you go, um, we're now a month past the season in college football. Uh, Utah fans, as you know, we're feeling some angst after some departures and a lack of additions maybe in the portal. But now we've seen some things even out, players returning, some portal additions. Give me your feel on where they are entering the Big 12. Well, I think that the biggest news for me and, and Utah's prognosis in the Pac-12, or excuse me, in the Big 12 for their first year, is the Jed Fish left Arizona. Yep, that's a big deal. I mean, he, with T-Mac and Fafita and that whole crew coming back uh, and entering a new league where they kind of get to hit the fresh start and coming off a 10-win season to do so. That's a little bit scary. I thought it was going to come down to a race between Arizona and uh, and Utah. Brent Brennan's a good coach. I don't know if he's going to be on the same level that Jed Fish was. I think it's pretty amazing that T-Mac and Noah Fafita decided to stay at Arizona, at least for now. That's their plan. Um, so that's been the biggest news, even outside of like Utah's roster. But they are the favorite heading into the Big 12, more, more because of that, uh, more so because of that than even before. I mean, you've got – it's the same conversation we were having with a potential three-peat year in 2023. Cam Rising is back. Brand Keithy is back. You return a bunch of talent. You return a bunch of production. Do I wish that Jaquin and Jackson was still around? Yes, sure. Can we stop panicking about Utah not being able to have running back production? I think it's time that we stop worrying about that. Like, it's been a couple decades now where you don't have to worry, Right. Um, Lander Barton healthy coming back might be the best defensive player in the entire conference. That's not a small thing. So I, I think Utah is going to be just fine. And we do this every year where you get a little bit of angst and you start wringing your hands about like, Oh my gosh. Well, what about the offensive line? Oh my gosh. Oh, look, the pass rush. It's like, stop. You have to understand that the consistency, the culture in this program the way that it has somehow it has insulated itself 
from the transfer portal and the influence of name, image, and likeness much better than, than almost any program in the country. I mean, maybe not than Georgia, maybe not than Ohio State, maybe not some of those places, but, but certainly better than any of their actual peers in college football. So I'm very optimistic that in a wide-open league, Utah can go in and be in a conference championship game at least. Last thing, you traveled around the world for your job with the PFL and announcing, and you did it as a fighter as well. Um, and you tell people you live in Salt Lake or come to Salt Lake. I do the same thing. Um, perception has changed here a lot, and I'm not just talking about the last 20 years, the last four or five years. Now we've got a real opportunity to see baseball and hockey appearing here in the next five to seven years too. How do you think this market then changes? How much of a perception change do you think we have if baseball and hockey arrive here? Is it markedly different, or we have we arrived as a big market already? Well, I don't know if we have. I think I think we're closer, right, than than we used to be. But like the Jazz are not exactly a prominent team right now. Real Salt Lake has had its better years, so I, I think that you know the first of all. I hope we see both happen. It would be absolutely incredible. But being a big-time sports town is sort of the thing that makes you a big-boy city in the United States of America, at least for me. I mean, that, that's kind of how I define how big of a city you really are. Do you have three of the four? Do you have yeah. two at least of the big four? Do you have all four of the big four? And for Salt Lake to get that would be absolutely incredible, and I think the fans would show up. As long as you do the uniform design and the naming right, please do that. <laughs> and don't don't move the jazz to Draper. Well, I got some good information today that uh, that 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 people that are in the know, are very high up, are more than confident about both hockey and basketball. And we're going to see some legislation proposed next week about both those venues. And there's a, there's a better than not chance that everything stays in the downtown area. So that's good. That'd be great. Now the real question, I'll throw one back at you. You're a big time baseball guy. Love it. You're a, you're an established play by play voice in the Salt Lake city market. So if we get the Salt Lake seagulls, how aggressively is Bill Riley going to be trying to be the voice of that team? I would love an opportunity to do professional baseball. I'll just put it right there. If the opportunity presented itself, I would love it. Uh, but I hope we wouldn't be named the Seagulls. <laughs> do you like that? So I've, I've had mixed reviews do you, for the hockey team. Do you like the Yeti? Yeti is cool. It's cool, but it, to me it feels a little bit like that uh, remember in the '90s when everyone went with like the really bright color rebrands and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that the whole the crack in the Yeti, like I don't know if like I feel like that's 40 years from now we're going to be happy that we chose Yeti as the team. You know, it just it's not like this is a this is not a market where we've talked about Bigfoot legends being a, a part of culture <laughs> or anything like that. You know, like that's it makes it makes sense if you're up in the Pacific Northwest or. Or like British Columbia in Canada or something like that. Like, has has there ever been a reported Bigfoot sighting? Yeah, that's probably. I don't know that I've heard people. You know, the funny thing is, Bigfoot. The more we've had cameras and added cameras to our phones, the fewer sightings I think we've gotten of Bigfoot. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
because high definition makes it a lot harder to make that gorilla suit look like it's an actual Yeti. Or it's oh, just, look, some I, hairy, just some hairy woodsman, you know, skinny dipping in a lake up in the mountains. Exactly. Now, look, I think that at the end of the day, we'll get we'll get some good branding. We'll get some good merchandising. There's a lot of really talented and creative graphic designers and people like that. Um, the, the thing is, you know, Ryan Smith is bringing this this team presumably in when it comes to hockey. You remember when the Pelicans uh, went to New Orleans? And yeah, they were the, they were they the Hornets the whole, then. That's right. The Hornets, and they were like, okay, we're going to call it the Pelicans. And then they chose garnet and gold and dark blue, which was already the Cleveland Cavaliers color scheme at yeah. that point. Yeah. And I was like, why are you doing this? And the whole reason they did it was because that's what the owner's wife wanted. You, like, I get that you're the owner and you get to exercise that kind of power over something, but please don't. Unless your wife has a really incredible idea or the person that you, you listen to has a really incredible idea, don't just flex on that. Like, well, it's my team, so I'm going to call it the Yeti because I like the Yeti. Like, let's have a vote. Let's see what the people really want. Let's do something <laughs> so we get a high-quality representation of a Utah team. Fair enough. Uh, that's Sean O'Connell. Uh, when are you and Jeff doing your thing, and where can people find that thing? Mondays and Fridays, we're at. Mondays and Fridays, um, most of the time, we're going to be doing it at uh, at eleven thirty, eleven thirty on Mondays, Mountain Time, one thirty on Fridays, Mountain Time, um, and we're on YouTube, and we're also on Twitter, obviously. So I'll be tweeting out links, and I'll be doing all that stuff. But uh, check us out, and then. February 24th, PFL season starts on ESPN and ESPN pay-per-view. So uh, keep an eye out for that as well. we got a huge, huge year in the Professional Fighters League. And soon enough, I'll be on Big 12 Radio. Just uh, I'll keep you posted on that. Oh, really? Is that a done deal? You're on Big 12. That they, They're moving you over. That's great. They're, yeah, well, done deal is only when I'm actually doing it. But uh, that's <laughs> the plan right now. Fair enough. Uh, thank you, Sean. Have a good weekend. All right, you too. Thanks. Sean O'Connell with us here on the Bill Riley Show. Soon to be coming to Big 12 Radio, so he says, but Pro Fighting League and he and Jeff doing the stuff on YouTube as well. That segment brought to you by our friends at Les Schwab Tires. Great partners of ours here on ESPN 700, title sponsor of this show. Whether it's uh, tires you need or a brake job or some struts or an oil change, safety of your car is number one with Les Schwab Tires for more than 70 years taking care of you and your family and wanting repeat customers. So safety and responsibility are very key. Customer service, too, at Les Schwab. Go to leschwab.com. Find a dealership near you, whether it's tires or brakes or struts or just to check up on your car to make sure everything's safe. Let them take good care of you at Les Schwab Tires. Tell them Bill Riley sent you in. Live in Seattle, taking a break. Back on the other side, Bill Riley Show, ESPN 700.